0: Hey everybody, welcome back to the Black Case Diaries. Yay! Hey, hey, hey. We are three old friends, learning everything we can about movies and TV, and hopefully teaching others in the process. I'm Adam.
1: I'm Marcy. I'm Robin.
0: Hey, 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 hey. Hello. Hey. <laughs> welcome. In the mid-1950s, a young man obsessed with television was about to get a degree in set design when he saw an ad in a newspaper. It was for a local TV station, looking for performers for a new show. They were looking specifically for puppeteers, and although he knew nothing about that, he got a couple of books from the library and created his own puppets for the audition. The man was Jim Henson, and even though the show he auditioned for was short-lived, it set him on a path of changing the puppet medium and television forever.
2: Yeah. Oh, Oh,
0: my goodness. (laughs) But this episode isn't about Jim Henson.
2: Nope. <laughs> no.
0: Bummer. Wah. Ya. Wah, wah. I mean, we'll get there eventually, right? Yes. Today we're taking a specific look at one of the most well known and beloved creations, the Muppet Show. The Muppet Show aired from nineteen seventy six to nineteen eighty one, five seasons of perfect insanity and uninhibited joy. It followed Kermit, a hapless producer and host of a weekly variety show, and the rest of the Muppets as they put together a live performance with a special guest. The show followed backstage hijinks and even included commentary from Statler and Waldorf. Grumpy critics from the upper balcony. The show became more popular than anyone could have imagined. And the appeal of the Muppets continues today. So it's time to play the music. It's time to light the lights. It's time to learn about the Muppets on the BCD
2: tonight. That's right. Hell yeah. Also, we want to clarify live show. Putting on a live show every week. They weren't actually live in front of an audience, but <laughs> on the show, we were to believe With that they the, were. Yeah, within yes. the universe. Mm-hmm. So before we talk about the Muppets show, let's talk for a moment about some of Jim Henson's earlier work. <laughs> we said we weren't going to talk about Jim Henson in this episode, yeah, but, here we go. but how I mean, can you? We, we can't talk about the Muppets yeah, without him. Yeah, you gotta. Exactly. Back in the 1950s, an 18-year-old Jim Henson put together an old felt coat and two halves of ping pong ball. Placing his hand inside, he brought his creation to life, a charismatic monster named Kermit. He would use the puppet on a local TV station's five minute time slot between the evening news and the tonight show. It was called Sam and Friends. And uh, I called Kermit a monster and not a frog because mm-hmm. I think in the beginning he wasn't necessarily called Kermit the Frog. Uh-huh. So, yeah. Along with his future wife, Jay Nebel. Jim had been working on various shows in the local TV station in the Washington, D.C. area. His creations, that he started to call Muppets, essentially changed the game for puppeteering, and he was given his own program with more freedom. And that was Sam and Friends. So there are actually some debate about where the name Muppet comes from. Some people say that it's... It's a combination of different words, yeah. Like my puppets or moving puppets, and I, th- I think it would be monster puppets. That's, that's yeah, where- oh, that's what I would say. Yeah. But Jim Henson later kind of said, you know, it, I just made it up. It was just <laughs> a word. It just
0: sounded, it just sounded, sounded fine. good. Yeah, that yeah. I made up, and rather than just calling them the puppets, yeah, <laughs> which would have I don't think would have worked in all the copyright circles.
2: Exactly. But up to this point, puppets weren't considered a versatile medium. They were often rigid, made of wood or plastic, and while they appear on various children's programming, they were not commonly used in adult entertainment. Jim Henson changed this by building new types of puppets with various materials. They were more flexible and easy to manipulate. They also had a lot of character, as he constantly used new technology to give his creations movable features and expressions.
0: That's, that's awesome. I, I look back at some of the old puppets, like you know, like old ventriloquist dummies kind of style where, you know, the Mm -hmm. mouth Mm -hmm. would just move straight up and down and move their head side to side maybe and blink. Yeah, just
2: the eyes moving, but the face doesn't move. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. Just a
0: little bit on the creepy side. (laughs) Yeah, it it also reminds me of Woody's Roundup from Toy Story 2, the show. Mm -hmm. You know, they were like marionette puppets. It's the same deal. It's just a little bit weird, but I get it. But Jim Henson's puppets, and like all of them, not just the Muppets, are so, I don't know, so much easier on the eyes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're, most of the time they're fuzzy, and <laughs> they just have a big flapping mouth, and it's very cartoony, but it works really well. Yeah. They, they're so good at bringing them to life. It's just, it just works, man.
2: I remember just being confused by the Muppets when I was a kid. I was very, I didn't understand them and no one explained them to me. Mm-hmm. So, because the idea was that you were supposed to believe that these are living, breathing creatures. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And even as an adult, I find myself really falling into that belief when I watch them. Like, mm-hmm. I don't see them as something that's being manipulated, I see them yeah. as like it's an actor Their itself. Own, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I know that it's not, but it's they it's really good at tricking me because they're so seamless with it and
3: mm-hmm.
2: and I as a kid, yeah, what are these? Are these <laughs> are these yeah. puppets because I would look for strings. Mm-hmm. I would try mm, to I yeah. would tr- pause the TV and look for strings, you know. And I remember just being so confused about how how it worked.
0: <laughs> yeah, and it works it, it it lends itself to that disbelief because They're there, Mm -hmm. you know, especially with all the other, like, special guests and stuff that we'll talk about later. It's, you know, they get to interact with them. They touch them. It's like they're really there. So imagine doing The Muppets or something like The Muppets with, like, CG characters. Yeah. It just wouldn't flow, you know.
2: While working on the show, Jim hired Jerry Jewell, a puppeteer and friend of future Muppet performer Frank Oz. So that's probably where that connection came into place. Uh Jewel was Henson's first employee, and he even filled in for Jane on the final season of Salmon Friends. So Jane and Jim were husband and wife. At this point, they weren't married yet, but Mm -hmm. they performed together. She was the first performer that worked with him. I see. Jewel moved to New York with Jim and Jane to help them put together their team of puppeteers and he began to work as a freelance writer in the late 1960s. He also followed Jim Sesame Street in 1969 as a performer and writer. Eventually, Jewell moved to California to pursue writing further and would help with Jim Henson's projects from afar. This relationship is incredibly important as Jewell was vital to the creation of The Muppet Show and the signature humor of the Muppet characters. He was originally a puppeteer, and that was something he did before he met Jim Henson. He was a puppeteer. Mm-hmm. And then when he joined him, he started to write a little bit more, and that he was like, you know what, I'm just going to write full time. And that was something that he said he stepped back from doing because Frank Oz was so much better than him. And he was like, oh. Frank Oz should take my place. <laughs> that was his, his mentality. So let's talk about the making of the show a little bit, how the yeah. show came to happen. This will be
0: interesting. I have no clue. Okay. <laughs> In
3: 1969,
2: audiences everywhere met the lovable and unique Muppet characters through the wildly distributed Sesame Street. Although the show gave his characters exposure, Henson was afraid that he was becoming typecast as a children's entertainer. Although the content that Jim and Jane created wasn't inherently for children, the public eye saw puppets as a means of entertaining children, Popular children's shows like Captain Kangaroo and Howdy Doody often used puppets, which cemented this mentality.
0: Yeah, Howdy mm-hmm. Doody. That's kind of what I'm imagining. Mm-hmm. was I talking about before? Yes,
2: That's, that style is Howdy Doody-esque. Mm.
0: It reminds me of the one in Goosebumps. Do you remember? It's like pretty much Howdy Doody, but just a little oh, bit yeah. creepier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like you didn't even need to creepify it. Saying that it's mainly for children, it's kind of hard to think about now, (laughs) Now. right? Right. Looking back, I'm like, as a kid, I don't know if I would have liked this. Mm -hmm.
2: The creatures Jim Henson created were brightly colored and had a friendly look that attracted younger audiences. But he believed his Muppets were for all ages, as the characters themselves have a wide range of ages. You've got children muppets mm-hmm. adult muppets mm-hmm. obviously kermit yeah. is an adult yeah.
1: yeah then you
2: have older adult you know like statler and waldorf mm-hmm. those are mm-hmm. obviously elderly elderly right you know then you
1: have like the intern scooter
2: yeah yeah <laughs> someone yeah. in their early 20s, early 20s yeah and you know so and you've got robin kermit's nephew, oh nephew. i think and yeah he's, he's supposed to be a little kid mm-hmm. and you know, so there is a wide range of characters in the Muppets. They're mostly adults.
3: Mm-hmm. But of
2: course, they would be working on a real- on a on a yeah. vaudeville show, they would right. all be adults. <laughs> yeah. To attempt to get out of this, he began to play with the concept of a more adult-oriented program. Two television specials were produced for ABC and are pseudo pilots for the Muppet show. They were The Muppets Valentine Show 1974 and The Muppet Show Sex and Violence in 1975. At the time, neither of the two specials were ordered to series. The Valentine show was written by Jerry Jewell, while Sex and Violence was not. Jewel's writing voice was now a signature part of Jim Henson's work, and the Muppets were not as successful without it. Oh my. Yes. But one great thing that did come from Sex and Violence was that it was the introduction of Statler and Waldorf, who became staples on the Muppet Show. Aha, Yay. very nice. Yes. Good. They're definitely different than the show. They, neither of them, I I don't believe either of them has Kermit as a host. You can see how this was like the beginning of The Muppet Show, which, you know, it's, yeah. They learned and grew. Mm -hmm. (laughs) After the primetime access rule was enacted, networks were able to shift their 7.30 to 8 p.m. time slot to their affiliates. This helped convince CBS to consider airing some of Jim Henson's show proposals, though he would have to go across the pond in order for him to get a greenlit series. Oh, wow,
3: Yeah, those
0: dang
2: Brits. <laughs> yeah, it's really those dang Americans. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. They didn't want him. <laughs>
1: yeah. Luckily for Henson, British TV station ATV was interested in having his creations appear in a weekly show. He would have to move production to London, and Henson called his best writer, Jerry Jewell, to come on and develop the show. The station allowed Henson to hire Jewel but they would not give him the head writer role as they were looking for a more established comedian and they hired Jack Burns. The team met to develop the concept of the show and they would pull elements from both specials. One of these ideas was the show within a show format with a human guest and the characters can play off that guest. This meant that Jim Henson's manager, Bernie Brilstein, would have to find celebrities willing to travel to the UK and appear on the show. This was difficult in the beginning, but once the show became popular, celebrities were calling him. Mm, Of course. (laughs) With his team in the UK, Jim filmed two pilot episodes that they attempted to sell to US networks. So meanwhile, the Muppets were featured during the first to 1975-1976 season of Saturday Night Live.
3: Everybody loves the Muppets. Listen, listen, Scrid. We're lovable. Never forget that, Scrid. Mm.
1: Although they lasted for only that one season on SNL, Henson and his team learned a great deal from being involved in the show's production. They gained knowledge about adapting the current affairs of the world, as well as quickly creating a television episode within a seven-day period. Henson also gained friendships with many celebrities through his work on SNL that were later able to be guests on The Muppet Show. That's pretty cool. I yeah. want to see that. This experience also helped Henson and his team to figure out the personalities the Muppet characters and how they could be used on their own show. Because Jim had been using the characters for TV appearances for almost 20 years already, he had well-set ideas for them and knew where they could fit in the show. All the pieces were coming together.
0: Ooh-hoo-hoo. All right.
1: Yeah! Getting there.
0: I'm fascinated by coming up with (laughs) this stuff. Like, you just imagine creating a puppet... Whatever it looks like, whether it looks like Kermit or Fozzie or whatever. And like, hmm, how does this act? Yeah. yeah. You know, it's just just a weird concept to think about. This creature that looks nothing like a person or maybe a little bit, (laughs) what do they do? Right. It's like, it's so strange, but they're geniuses coming up with this stuff. It's all so well done it's perfect
2: yeah Yeah. it's like you know you have to come up with a voice like a voice actor will look at a character and come up with a voice and then you know not only that you have to come up with their mannerisms and what you know how they move how fast Mm -hmm. they move how slow you know Yeah. and then once you have that down then you can write (laughs) for them you can write what they're gonna say
0: right that's true i I i wonder when the first time Jim ever did the, the Kermit thing where he's like,
2: yeah, totally <laughs> flopping around, <laughs> and his
0: arms going everywhere. Right,
2: Well, because Kermit doesn't have a lot of moving parts, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know, and identifiable features. You know, like Fozzie, Fozzie can move his eyebrows up and down, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And so he, he's
0: kind of got full right. hands. Too. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. And so Kermit is a little more, you know, he, so yeah, he has to... He has to be over the top yeah. with his mm-hmm. reactions because otherwise you wouldn't, it wouldn't read well. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And and one of my favorite bits about it is when he crunches up Kermit's face <laughs> yes. to make the different, like, yeah, he's what like, the mm. F expressions or, yeah. you know, that's good stuff.
1: <laughs> Jim Henson chose one of his most well-known puppets, Kermit, to be the host of The Muppet Show. Kermit was originally a character that had trouble finding his footing. He seemed rough and a little rude, often criticizing other characters and frequently yelling. Placing the character as a frustrated stage manager really changed the context of his personality and made him a much more relatable character, someone who just wants things to go right.
0: Don't we all?
2: Yeah. Yeah. You can really feel for Kermit when you watch the show. And so that context worked for him perfectly. Yeah. So it's cool because you can see that not only only do you have to choose the personality of this character, that personality has to play off of their situation. Yeah. Put it in the context of like, okay, I'm trying to put this show on. You guys are messing everything up. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Just, you know, do what I say.
3: Yeah
2: go where you need to go <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. i just want some kind of control <laughs> yeah it, it,
0: it allowed the character to to do that but not be mean
1: mm-hmm. yeah you know
0: what i mean he's not angry just because that's his personality he's just frustrated with everything <laughs> not going right right and falling that, apart and that's easy and that's <laughs> easy because we look at that and we're like he wouldn't normally be – he wouldn't be like that if everything was going smoothly. Right. Mm-hmm. Or if he's just chilling at home, he's totally fine. Mm-hmm. It's just in the moment. He's
2: just a little <laughs> – <laughs> Yeah. And yeah. I think also the way Jim Henson played him really oh, helps with that too. Yeah. Because even when he yelled and stuff, when I was yeah. a kid, you know, he'd scream or something. Or he'd, at <laughs> somebody because he'd be so frustrated. Yeah. And I never – I always thought of that as funny. Yeah. I never yeah. thought of that as like – he was hurting someone's feelings, or mm-hmm. it, it was, you oh, know, no,
0: he's gonna throw punches. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, you know, it was, it was always just enough of a yell that you knew he was frustrated, but yeah. not so much that you felt like he was being very serious. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: After leaving SNL, the creators were able to focus more on the show. They made huge improvements on the characters based on the notes from the networks that did not want to buy the Muppet Show. Fools. Yeah. <laughs> So the team went back to London and set up a studio to make the endless amounts of puppets needed. The next episode was far more successful, and the actors started to understand their characters. It also introduced Scooter.
2: Yeah, so these they did two uh, two more episodes besides those pilots from before, mm-hmm. and those, they brought those back, they shopped them around, people were, networks were saying, no. Mm. They thought it was, they thought it was a little too dry, yeah. um, I think the intro was too long, they, you know, and, and there were just really specific criticisms about some of the characters,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and I think that they really took those criticisms and fixed everything, I mean, and it's great, and they did such a good job, now, now, they could shop it around again, and, and they other networks would take the show. Mm-hmm. That's amazing.
1: Each episode improved on the last, an incredible feat. Being able to adapt is what made Jim Henson and the Muppet performer so special, and it's how the show lasted as long as it did. And in these episodes, there were cases of violence on the show, But Jim Henson was generally against any kind of TV violence, but the beauty of using puppets meant that viewers always knew that no one was getting hurt.
0: Very much like a cartoon, if something would happen, they'd just get right back up. Yes. Like, oh, what the heck was that? Yeah. You know, ooh, that hurt, but they don't. Yeah. show it they're not like bleeding or yeah. anything so. oh god yeah
2: oh man you imagine? no and just, i cannot imagine a muppet d- bleeding i know just uh, yeah
1: and oh. poor beaker i always felt bad for oh beaker, yeah though. <laughs> i think he was the one that was like abused the most but you know he always but, got back to
2: normal oh yeah he, yeah, exactly.
1: he always came back yeah. so but you know and
0: he has he has a real passion for science <laughs> so he's really i mean he would have given true. up by now <laughs> if he didn't he, he wouldn't have named himself beaker <laughs>
1: The Muppet Show first aired in September of nineteen seventy six. The Christmas of the same year, the series saw around fourteen million views on Sunday evenings in the UK. In January nineteen seventy seven, over a hundred countries had either acquired the series or were making offers.
0: Wow. That's what I'm talking about. It's yeah. incredible. That sounds right. <laughs> it's a shame that so many people turned it down in the beginning, because I I imagine that it's kind of disheartening, especially if you're really passionate about something and having somebody turn it down. I mean,
3: exactly
0: like podcasting. Mm -hmm. I'm kidding. but
2: It's true. (laughs) I mean, it is. It
0: is. It can be hard sometimes, but I'm glad they persisted, and I'm glad it worked out, because now we have the Muppets, and we love them.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and some of those changes, I mean, they were very key changes, Mm -hmm. and I think that it was so good. It just shows that you should listen to criticism, yeah. You yeah. know, because you're not always the smartest person in the room. Right. So when someone tells you, hey, you know, I think it'd be better if you did this, mm-hmm. you know, it's always good to take that feedback and, mm-hmm. and use it to adapt.
0: Yeah, I, I see it all the time when, like, just writing out a story or even, like, people making a game, right, they'll they'll make it exactly how they imagine it. And they, yeah. they, they they'll test it and they'll read it through a million times. But then as soon as one person one other person who knows nothing about it starts doing it they go completely the wrong direction or they'll misinterpret something and it's completely broken it's like yeah. well mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: see you being the only person doing it you don't see everything you're kind of yeah. blinded by your own uh, love of the project yeah. yeah so so it definitely helps why they partially why they say two heads are better than one the show had multiple writers Jerry Jewell, who was appointed head writer for season two, conveyed that there is a lot of freedom in writing a show like this. He said you can write down any insane fantasy you can think of on paper, and there are people standing by to make it happen.
2: How wonderful. Yeah. That is great. How cool is that? That's yeah. really awesome. <laughs>
0: why don't we have that here? Yeah. <laughs> why don't we just have people making I it happen? I do my happen? best, Adam. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It would... In every project, everyone always wants to expand as much as they can, Mm -hmm. right? So Mm -hmm. it's really nice to have people ready to do that. Episodes were typically written a couple of months before recording. The other writers included Don Hinckley, David O'Dell, who began working with them first with the Muppet movie, Chris Langham. He was the only English writer, and Jim Henson said that he had an off-the-wall sense of humor, (laughs) which I... (laughs) Which doesn't surprise me because it, you we always talk about how different it is. Yeah, over how there. different mm-hmm. British
2: humor is. Yeah,
0: yeah, and I feel like when the show when they were first doing the pilots and stuff and it was criticized as being a little dry, mm-hmm. maybe it would have still done well <laughs> in the UK. Yeah. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it obviously took off there. Yeah, but maybe even without the changes it would have.
2: Yeah, I think they found that delicate balance yeah. where a UK audience and a, a wide US audience will find it funny.
0: The crew would start building sets about 5 to 6 weeks before they were needed on the show. The workshop was where the puppets were created and oftentimes they would spring ideas on the builders at the last minute.
3: <laughs>
0: Could imagine being one of those builders like I'm done, <laughs> ways. What about this? <laughs> no. <laughs> In order to have multiple puppets throughout the series with different personalities, they created the whatnots. These puppets had blank faces that you could add features like eyes, noses, mouths, and wigs in order to give character and personality. They had a variety of sizes, colors, and everything else for the features, and they were typically attached via tape or pins.
2: I love that name. Yes. The Whatnots. Whatnot. It sounds like a great indie band name.
0: <laughs> oh, it does. Doesn't it? I hope Robin they... and
2: the Whatnots. Yeah, exactly. Yes.
0: And then I hope the album cover has these guys on it. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> but it's a, it's a great idea. Has the work but mm-hmm. you still get all the personality. Whoof. Most if not almost all the characters did not exist below the waist, meaning they didn't have legs. <gasps> <gasps> The trick was convincing the audience that there were a whole world of them and they have their own reality. Yeah,
2: a trick I think that they pulled off.
0: Absolutely, and I think they still pull off very well today.
2: So while they're doing this kind of production, there is going to be a stage of events, kind of, you know, a series of events leading up to the show.
0: Push a domino over and just kind of... Yes. <laughs> there we go. Yes.
2: So the way that the show worked was that there would be a script read-through and a music rehearsal for vocals on the first day. And then they would record the band after that. So they would actually do the recording for the vocals. Next, they would be in the studio rehearsing and videotaping the action after that. Mm-hmm. Each episode, of course, had its own set of problems and hurdles to jump over, and they typically spent about three days shooting everything for the week's episode. Sometimes a seemingly small number, like the Viking number in the Navy, can take an entire day to perfect for an episode. And so this is Oof. a specific, yet specific mm-hmm. two-minute piece in The Muppet Show, and I remember it vividly because it is absolutely hilarious, and I think yes. it's even funnier as an adult, The idea of vikings singing in the navy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Meet the vikings, those cruel heartless Scandinavian marauders whose savage brutality earned them the reputation worst human beings in history. (laughs) Uh, I'm
2: sorry about that. Uh, uh, Ladies and gentlemen, uh, uh, the vikings, those gentle, quaint, fun-loving old charmers. We went to that. We went to a Jim Henson exhibit. Yes. Of a few months ago. Was that January? Was it really? Uh,
0: I don't know.
2: <laughs> oh I my gosh. I think it was this year, actually.
0: Who knows? Anyway,
2: who knows? Time is whatever now. Yes.
0: Time is an illusion, and <laughs> so are pants.
2: <laughs> exactly. In the exhibit, they showed this. This was part of you know one of the documentaries they were showing, and I remember seeing it the scene again and just laughing and laughing. Because I just... It's such a funny idea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> if you ever watch any of the behind-the-scenes stuff about uh, The Muppet Show or just any of Jim Henson's stuff, it's fascinating to look at. I had no idea that they reach up so high doing the performances. Like, yeah. all the yes. sets and stuff are built, like...
2: About five feet off five the ground. Five or six yeah. feet up.
0: Or Yeah, yeah. So that they're reaching up. You know, everything's done way up above them. And I had no clue... Yeah. I thought I, for the for the longest time, I always thought they were like kneeling, like crouched,
1: but that mm. makes so
0: much more sense. It'd be so much easier for them if yeah. they were standing yeah. and yep. had their arm up instead. It just could you
1: could you imagine though for like a couple hours oh, having your hands it's, it's up, gotta be like, hard Oof. too. Yeah, yeah you'd yeah. feel that. Yeah,
2: <laughs> Philip Casson and Peter Harris were television directors that switched back and forth between weeks and would control the final product of what the audience would see on the television. They acted as regular television directors, but also dealt with the special problems that arise with working with puppets. Richard Holloway would be the in-between for these two directors, and those that were controlling the puppets. In order for the actors to see what the audience would see, there were monitors all around on the ground. They needed to make sure that every actor was looking at a monitor, in order for them to fully understand the world that they were creating.
0: That's, it's so yeah. intricately woven it's amazing that it turned out as good as it did because, yeah. gosh, that's so complicated. Yeah. And being able to look at a monitor and understand where you are in that space. You know, because you're, you know, they aren't, they aren't up there. They're below it. And they have to know that this person is next to them on the monitor. It may be on their left, but in real life, it may be on the right Right. or whatever. You know, it's just that kind of stuff. Oh gosh. And
2: and Jim Henson really, we mentioned it early on. He really loved TV Mm -hmm. and he just loved that he had the ability to do this. And he even said, there's no way we could have done this without television. Being mm-hmm. able to look at the monitors and see where we are, that's just, it's so valuable to what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, we wouldn't be able to do it. Yeah. If this was just a stage show, it would be impossible to put a sh- on a show like this in front of a live audience, mm-hmm. like as, as they pretend they're doing in the show. <laughs> there were specific people that acted as the Muppet performers yes. or the, you know, yes. Muppeteers, oh, yes. if you oh. will. The stars of the Muppets were, of course, those that controlled the Muppets. These performers became known as Muppeteers. This term simply means a puppeteer for the Muppets. They each manipulate the puppets, provide voices, and bring life, attitude, and character to the, to the diverse characters. So, one thing that I always noticed when I was a kid, once I learned how to read, and I'd watch <laughs> Muppet movies and stuff, I would see the names of the people in the... In the credits. Oh, in the credits. Yeah. But they would never say who they were. They would say, uh-huh. you know, Miss Piggy as so-and-so. They would do that. At the end, they would have just names.
0: I love that. That's such a fun way to do it. Just yeah. Just to keep the fantasy alive a little bit.
2: Yeah. yeah. The term Muppeteer derives from Muppet and Puppeteer. This term has been used as early as the 1960s in order to help promote Muppet projects. It kind of reminds you of Mouseketeer. Ah, uh, yes. Oh, yeah. Or Imagineer. hmm
0: Yeah, it's a very Disney thing. hmm mm-hmm.
2: However, according to Brian J. Jones, the author of 2013's Jim Henson, The Biography, Henson was not a big fan of the term. His entry reads, There was one term that Jim expressly would not allow to be used to describe his performers, and that was the word Muppeteer. While the media and others would use the term freely to describe Jim's occupation... Jim thought that it was just a bit too gimmicky. In 1984, when the Apple Computer Company sent Jim a mock-up of a page from its annual report proudly hailing Jim as an Apple user and listing his occupation as Muppeteer, Jim scratched darkly through the term and wrote Muppet Performer beneath it. He was a performer or a puppeteer, not a Muppeteer. I always feel like there's there's always a thing that the creator didn't like that the you know what <laughs> yeah, I mean yeah. that that the world did that the that the public did yeah for you know Charles Schultz he didn't like the name Peanuts he thought that was mm-hmm. a stupid name uh-huh. for the for the comic strip
0: now that's and only that's just what they're called anyone knows them now <laughs>
2: right yeah. and so there's always a thing you know that they're like you know what I don't like that very much mm-hmm. but yeah. it, it still sticks yeah the men behind the Muppets had pros and cons of not being seen stars. On one hand, they weren't recognized so they could shop in peace. On the other hand, they were not recognized so they were still seen as not famous. <sighs> yeah. <laughs>
0: it's so funny. It's like I hate not being recognized and I also love not being recognized. Exactly. It's just like voice acting. <laughs> it's
2: it's this weird <laughs> it, it's this weird thing where you feel like you're missing out on something. Yeah. 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 And so you you'll You'll be out in public, and maybe maybe you'll see somebody else get recognized or mm-hmm. something, and and you're just like, "Oh, I'm so glad I am not in the mood today. I wore my sweatpants, right, yeah. Right. Like I I don't want to, I don't want people to see me right now. I don't need pictures. I don't need autographs. Whatever. And then yeah. you know they go home, and it's like, you know how come nobody knows who I am?
3: I think,
0: yeah, I, I think the moment where I would feel that is if I go out and I see like a kid with a, a plushie of yeah. the character I play oh, or a yeah. t-shirt. You're like, that's you me. That's and, me. And, and they, the kid's
2: like, what? Who are you, are strange Are you high? Yeah. <laughs> you look nothing like this. <laughs> yeah, this is a
0: real thing. You know, Wanting to be part of their excitement for yeah. the thing you do.
2: There was a, an interview with Carol Spinney who did Big Bird. And he said that one time a child saw him getting out of the Big Bird (gasps) costume.
3: Oh, no. He was
2: trying trying to do it so that they were doing some sort of thing outdoors. Mm -hmm. And he went into an alley and he was trying to be away from everybody else Mm -hmm. when he just kind of stepped out of the costume. And the kid, he said this child just walked around the corner and just his jaw just dropped and he just immediately started bawling his eyes out oh, and just no. took off and oh, he said I, I he desperately like put the costume back on while he was running oh, and no. like caught up with the kid as big bird and was like hey hey it's okay i'm okay everything's okay and the little kid was like, i thought that man was hurting you
0: oh like, my god! he
2: really oh. believed like
0: especially nope. big bird too because he's a yeah. full suit
2: yeah, yeah. Jim Henson himself performed as the voices of Kermit, Ralph, Waldorf, and even the Menomina singer.
0: <laughs> Menomina. <Yeah. Yeah>.
2: <laughs> the Menomina song actually originally appeared on Sesame Street.
3: What?
0: It was a
2: bit that had been, yeah, been used before. And I guess the song comes from an Italian sex documentary. Oh. <laughs> <I don't>... Oops. <laughs>
1: That's the more adult part of it, I guess.
0: <laughs> Scrub that from Sesame Street, I think.
2: Jim Henson saw himself as Kermit. They were both trying to hold together a bunch of crazies.
1: Oh yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah,
2: and also Kermit could yell at people, and Jim Henson had a very kind, gentle nature and wasn't somebody that yelled. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so I feel like he got some of his frustrations out <laughs> as Kermit.
3: That's great.
2: That's great. That-
0: do you awesome. feel like you need a Kermit sometimes? I do. <laughs> <laughs> oh
2: no 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 never no no. That's no, all right. Not, no. <laughs> Frank Oz voiced Fozzie, Miss Piggy, Snotes, and T. R. Rooster. Jim Henson said that he credits Frank Oz with one of the reasons that the Muppet Show is so funny. Frank Oz was such a big part of the show, and he was such a great performer, which was his absolute best attribute. So Frank Oz is hilarious. <laughs> Yes. he's very he's very dry, sarcastic. Mm-hmm. His voice is very Muppet-like, just his regular talking voice, yeah. Yeah. and he just has to push it just a little bit, <laughs> just to get these characters. Really, it's it's interesting, and I, I think it's so good because he does. He seems to have a really wide range with these characters. Mm-hmm. What was it? A quote from Frank Oz: "Ready to wiggle, wiggle some puppets or something? <laughs> <laughs> wiggle some dolls. Are we ready yeah, to wiggle it. some dolls?" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Richard Hunt voiced Scooter, Statler, Wayne, and in some cases Miss Piggy, as well as Miss Piggy's dancing partner. So he was kind of the singing voice for Miss Piggy, from what I understand.
0: Yes, oh. they really wanted Miss Piggy to be like, you know, the character is very diva. Yeah. But then when she sings, like, <laughs> it's, it's not
2: the most beautiful angelic voice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but mm-hmm. she thinks it is. Yeah. Oh, she yes. thinks
0: everything about her is the best. <laughs> yeah. Which is so funny. It's so good.
2: Also, Richard Hunt, I guess, had a very similar relationship with Jim Henson that Scooter does with Kermit on the show. Ah, uh, yes. Oh, so Scooter is kind of this—he's the stage manager, and he's just kind of really eager to please, and mm-hmm. and that was kind of his personality too. He was really eager to please Jim Henson, <laughs> talked a mile a minute, tuck his ear off, you know, and they made him this kind of you know well, PA character.
0: That's great. <laughs> that's great. I. I mean that that'd be so fun to put him in the show at kinda as himself. Yeah. But not really, you know.
2: Yeah. Exactly. Just poke fun
0: at him during the show without really poking fun at him.
2: <laughs> Dave Goles voiced Gonzo, Muppy, Miss Kitty, and Zoot.
0: What a great name. Yeah.
2: <laughs> he was encouraged to perform by Jim Henson and didn't necessarily believe in his own ability. This made Gonzo seem a little quiet and childish, as Goles was a shy performer. Gonzo developed to be a complex character that has a sensitive quality to him that other Muppets lack. And I, Gonzo is my favorite Muppet. Yeah. I really, really like Gonzo. He's
0: so different. Yeah. From everyone else, but it
2: works. I I love that he's specifically a space alien. Mm -hmm. I think Mm -hmm. that that's kind of interesting, you know, because you have all of these characters that are kind of vaguely something you know kermit's vaguely a frog mm-hmm. you know Fozzie's a bear miss yeah. piggy's a pig obviously the main characters kind of have these like i don't know ties to the human Based on reality the and and, yeah. yeah yeah this kind of thing that we're familiar with and gonzo is just this monster it's
0: totally not
2: with the long yep. nose and he's so strange and he's a daredevil
3: <laughs> yeah he
2: <who laughs> does these performances on stage and uh, But he is, you know, like in the Muppet movie, he the original Muppet movie, you know, he has that really sensitive song. He's mm-hmm. very, you know, he is. He's a very sensitive character and kind of childlike.
0: Yeah, it's kind of an interesting way. I kind of liken it to E.T. a bit. Not huh. just because of the alien, but because of him now being on Earth and kind of experiencing Earth life. Mm-hmm. As if he was a kid.
2: Yeah. And I think the inclusion of Gonzo also shows how accepting the Muppets are.
0: Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely.
2: No one no one cares that he's an alien. That's not mm-hmm. a thing no. that anybody... I
1: think he's the only one that kind of questions it and his own identity a little yeah. bit, doesn't he?
2: He's
0: always changing his uh, his thoughts on what he should do and who he should be, so... It's very relatable, honestly. Yeah.
2: Hashtag best Muppet. No, I'm just kidding.
0: (laughs) But like... I mean, you'll get some likes on that tweet.
2: (laughs) All of these performers would also voice many more minor or one-off characters, along with additional voices from Jerry Nelson, Louise Gold, Steve Whitmire, and Catherine Mullen. And Steve Whitmire would go on to voice Kermit the Frog after Jim Henson's death. And he did it up until only, I think, a few years ago. Yeah, very recently.
1: So, each week... There was guest stars part yes. of what made the show so awesome.
2: They just they picked people who were really good at performing and knew exactly how to play off of the muppets.
0: Yes, and I love how they don't acknowledge the fact that it's a muppet, right? It's right. just they're just Yeah. They're working with these other actors, Kermit's the host or mm-hmm. whatever. This is just the way it is. It's like every other yes, every mm-hmm. other job I've done as an actor. Everyone yeah. is
2: treated just as if they were anybody else, mm-hmm. and yeah, no one ever comes in and goes, "I can't believe I'm around, surrounded by Muppets." This or yeah. uh, these these are weird <laughs> yeah, little like, puppety what? creatures. Creatures. Ooh. I've never seen yeah. anything like. No, they just they accept this is the show they as exist, it is, and
0: that's how
3: it and is. Move
1: yeah. on. This was so successful that after five seasons and 120 episodes, the Muppet Show never repeated a guest. Holy
0: cow. Yeah. That's impressive.
1: Yeah. According to manager Bernie Brillstein, celebrities contacted the show and asked to come on.
0: <laughs> when are we going to? Heck yeah. When are we going to be on the new Muppet <laughs> yeah. Show? Yeah. Are we celebrities yet? Sure, Adam. Cry. Yeah. Single tear. <laughs>
1: The initial contact with a guest is a phone call, and they find out information about the guest and figure out how to play to their strengths. David Laser, the executive producer, would often be the one to guide each guest star through the week. Yeah, so
2: they would, people would call and, you know, they'd say, I'd like to be on your show. And they never made assumptions, you know, I think that's something they probably learned from SNL. Yeah. You know, they never made assumptions. Oh, you're probably going to want to do this. You're mm-hmm. probably going to want to do that. They'd say, okay, what do you want to do? And sometimes people would perform things that they weren't well known for. It was like, what do you mean? I, I, I can do whatever I want. Like, okay, um, I'm a
3: good <laughs>
0: juggler. I've always wanted yeah. to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Let me
1: show this off. Yeah. Some of the most popular guests or ones that maybe even we remember are ones like Julie Andrews, John Denver, Gene Kelly, Elton John, Dom DeLuise, Bob Hope, Steve Martin, Carol Burnett, and John Cleese.
2: So the John Cleese episode oh, <laughs> is yes. very funny.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, man. Yeah. I, and I think the Steve Martin one... If I remember correctly, is that the one where they where it was canceled?
2: I think so. Oh, like, yes. Kermit comes
0: out and he's like... Uh,
1: listen, I really feel bad about this, but I have a special announcement. Hey, maybe we've gotten lucky at last.
3: Yeah, maybe tonight's show's been canceled.
0: <laughs> uh, tonight's show has been canceled. <laughs>
3: have I died and gone to heaven?
0: I love that they're able to still do that kind of stuff. They're able to... Totally mix up the show in whatever way they still want and yeah. fit those yeah. guest stars in seamlessly.
2: Yeah. I remember watching the episode with Gene Kelly. And uh, I know that he didn't want to perform Singing in the Rain. And so they made it a bit in the episode <laughs> where they were like, oh, my gosh, please. It gets, It gets to a point where... Ralph even starts playing it on the piano oh, and he's oh, like come uh, on let's just sing this song together you know yeah, and Gene on. Kelly keeps coming up with other songs that work with the melody oh that's great <laughs> and uh, finally you know they do singing in the rain but it's you know it's a bit throughout the whole show I watched this with my sister we both really, my sister Rachel we both really like singing in the rain and I remember she it made her cry the end of this episode
3: Hmm.
2: (laughs) because they sing the song together sort of he's you know and he Mm -hmm. once he sings the song a little bit he just picks up the umbrella and he just walks through the set that they built the scene and sing in the rain Rain rain. it was you know it was a it was a small scale version but you (laughs) had the shops and you the light lamp posts and this is many years after singing in the rain Mm -hmm. and so you know he's a lot older Mm-hmm. And, you know, he just picks up the umbrella and he just kind of, to the music, just kind of slowly walks off the set. He doesn't dance in it or do anything. And it, it's, a, it's a very bittersweet kind of way to end the episode. Yeah, it's yeah.
0: like it almost feels like a send-off kind of, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm.
2: Like, this is it. I'm never doing it again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> do not ask me to do this here's song. My,
0: here's my <laughs> one final, like, <laughs> reference to it. Yes. And I'm done.
2: Yes, and it's so sweet. I keep thinking about... Them building this elaborate set and then him just literally using it for 10 that's... seconds to just walk through it <sighs> and yep. then leave the stage. But that's the end of the episode and it was really effective the way they did it.
0: Absolutely, and that is the quality that you come to expect from Jim Henson. I yeah. mean, everything, mm-hmm. I mean, we'll, we've talked about Labyrinth in the past and we'll talk about more in the future, but everything he's done is next level stuff, especially when it comes Incredible. to puppets. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, And we just watched the Elton John episode recently.
1: We did. And uh
2: the really interesting thing about the Elton John episode is it essentially is an Elton John concert. He just sings
1: (laughs) Yep. All of his like major songs. He just sings
2: (laughs) it's so cute. He sings crocodile rock and they have actual crocodile little crocodile puppets like me you know. (laughs) oh
3: man
2: i'm gonna go see that it's very 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 cute yeah and you know he didn't want to be dressed in his flamboyant outfits but they had him do it anyway and Mm -hmm. then they had this really great bit at the end where he's saying goodbye and he comes out in his very smart gray suit and flat cap (laughs) and Mm -hmm. everyone else is wearing feathers and sequins and all kinds of crazy stuff
1: so, The Muppet Show was an unprecedented piece of television because no other primetime show had attempted to make its main characters puppets. It allowed both adults and children to come together and was more popular than anyone could have ever imagined. Jim Henson was thrilled with the success, but he couldn't shake the fear that audiences saw The Muppets as children's characters. Comes back again. Mm-hmm. The network executives were seemingly the only ones who saw it this way.
2: Yeah. To me, I never grew out of the Muppets and I feel like... I'll watch these movies and I don't feel like I'm watching a children's movie. And I, I feel like he yeah. really did. He achieved it. I think he yeah, he found the balance. You know, he doesn't use raunchy jokes. It's not inappropriate for kids. Yeah, But, mm-hmm. you know, there's references that kids aren't going to get. There's, you know, it, it toes that line that a lot of animated movies actually do. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, a lot of Pixar movies do it. You know, a lot of major animated studios do it with their movies where, you know, we've often said animation is not inherently for children well the muppets aren't either
3: yeah
0: yeah mm-hmm. and looking back just thinking about say a muppet christmas carol for a second it's totally the same story just done with the muppets and it still has the really creepy mm-hmm. uh, ghost of christmas f- future and all that stuff and it f- really feels like a family thing mm-hmm. right it doesn't it doesn't pander to kids and it doesn't dumbed down the story right and and as far as all of their muppet things the show other movies it's the same way except i guess for muppet babies which is an (laughs) exception but really you can feel in every muppets medium that it, it was done for everybody
1: yeah and it left such an impact that there have been several movies and shows since. Some of the classics, we've already mentioned some, but The Muppet Movie, A Muppet Christmas Carol, and Muppet Treasure Island. Muppets uh, in Space. Yes. And yes, Muppets and Take Manhattan. Oh, so many. The Muppets. The Muppets. <laughs>
0: the Muppets Most Wanted.
1: Yeah. Keep going. That's right. <laughs> the show was well received and was given awards even early on. In 1977, the British Academy Television Award, they won for Best Entertainment Program. In 1978, they won the British Academy Television Award for Most Original program slash Series. 1978, they also won the Primetime Emmy Award for Outstanding Comedy, Variety, or Music Program. Wow. Yeah. That's that's
0: really cool. That's huge.
1: Yeah. That's when they finally um, got the US type one. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say
0: that's that's a big one there.
1: In nineteen seventy-nine they got the Peabody Award. Okay, the
2: Peabody Award is huge. Yes. Yeah, man. It is a very prestigious award that you know, it's basically it's kind of like your show makes the world a better place. That's kind of what the yeah. Peabody Award
1: means. Yeah, man.
2: Avatar won it. Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> so,
1: uh, yeah, big, big things here. In 1979 and 1980, they won the WGA Award for Best Variety Series or Special Music or Comedy Television. And 1980, they won the Raven Award. And finally, in 1981, they won the Primetime Emmy Award for Outstanding Writing, for a variety series for Jerry Jewel,
2: Yay, Jerry Jewel gets an award. He got an award.
1: Sweet.
2: Yay, as the head writer yes. of The Muppet Show. Long yes. time coming. Yes.
0: It has been 44 years now since The Muppet Show first aired, and we are all still seeing its influence and characters today. On the Disney Plus streaming service, they have even put out a new series titled Muppets Now, which is labeled as an improvisational comedy based on the franchise. And, nice. But I, I've seen it and it does feel more like Muppets than some things have more recently. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. we mentioned the the A B C show. I can't even remember what was it just called Muppets? I don't even remember how, don't what the name what of it, was, it was, called. was. I don't know. But it, it was
2: called Muppets. But maybe. it didn't
0: it didn't it do well did, and it no. kind of changed the vibe of the whole thing, right? It kind of put It put the characters into like an office. Yeah, it was like the Muppets meets the office. Yeah.
2: Very, right? Lots of Mm -hmm. uh, looking at the camera, um, Mm right? Asides and And, stuff.
0: And I think that would have totally worked as a sketch on one of the other shows. But as the whole show, I mean, it's obviously not still around. But Muppets now feels a lot more like the Muppet Show. It's not as grandiose, at least not yet. Um, as the Muppet show, and they have a little bit more, yeah influence or a little bit more uh, focus on the guests, which is fine too. Got, I guess the money has to come from somewhere mm-hmm. or the mm-hmm. you know the appeal, even though I mean the Muppets are great as they are. Yeah. yeah, but I like I like what I'm seeing and I hope it can get better from here.
2: I I'm interested in the fact that it says improvisational. if it actually yeah. is improvisational, or if they're just, if it's like the Muppet show where they're saying, you know, when they pretended they were putting on a live show and they weren't, you know what I'm saying? I think, yeah,
0: from, from what I could tell, I would say it's that.
2: Because I think about how, you know, they filmed it ahead of time mm. when they filmed the Muppet show and mm-hmm. how they had to work the script first and then how, you know, yeah, the process was a we whole talked process. about. Yeah, the process. Yeah, the rehearsing, yeah. the music. And imagine like skipping that process yeah. and the, just going right to improv. Mm-hmm. I just wonder how that would work if it would work as well.
0: There, there. See, there were parts, even in the same bit, that did that I could see if they said yes, that was improv. I'd be like, oh, okay, I believe that. So maybe some of it is. Yeah. Um, it feels cool. I like. I like some of the vibe. It, it's definitely ingrained in our time, you know, as it as it always has been. Mm-hmm. But it's. I don't know, it's weird seeing them the topical. With, they're not yeah. they're not
2: stuck in nineteen seventy six or whatever. Yeah. Which is
1: nice. And
0: yeah. it just it just it it makes sense that they would do that, but it I it's gonna take some getting used to, I
2: think. Right. right. Yeah. Well, how do you guys do you guys have any thoughts on just the Muppet Show that-
0: The original Muppet Show is incredible and it's it's a one of a kind thing. Yeah. You know, it, it takes some inspiration from other sketch comedy shows like an SNL or something like that.
2: Yeah, or like *Hee Haw*. Yeah, or laughing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know.
0: But but it does it in such a fun, different way. Not just because of the Muppets, but the writing and the dynamic of these characters. It just. It's. Yeah. It's, on another level,
2: right? You know, reading about this, you know, it makes you realize they didn't just slip a puppet under their hand and then, you know, make its mouth
3: move. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know,
2: it was like they they were concerned about the puppet's motivations, this the, who this character is, who their personality is, whether they really would do do or say a certain thing or how they would say it and do it. You know, so it 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 was like full on acting, just like acting normally, just. But you're making a little thing move its mouth instead of yeah. you know, you're you yep. just you acting. And I, I just it's such a interesting it was just an interesting show, but also it was just such a widely loved thing that, you know, even kids in the nineties like like us, yeah. you know, watching it. I mean, the show hadn't been on for 10, 15 years and we were watching <laughs> we were watching it and laughing at it. Yeah. yeah. It was still funny to us. There are still jokes that, that have lasted, yeah. even if we didn't recognize the host, even if we didn't know who that person was. Mm-hmm.
1: It, yeah, it didn't matter. Yeah. It
2: yeah. was still incredibly entertaining and just so charming. Just mm-hmm. a very charming show. And yeah, you think about all the love that Jim Henson put into it yeah. and all of these people put into it, you know, yeah. him leading the way. But, you know, there was a lot of passion <laughs> behind us. Oh, yeah. Yeah,
1: it it was it was perfect. And I there's so many memories of just sitting around with the whole family and being able to watch this and not just one or two people laughing, but the whole family laughing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And it's it's just so beautiful. And I love it. And yeah, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I can't say enough.
0: And you can really, really appreciate them going that extra mile to make it as good as it was, you know. They didn't have to go that hard, but they did for us, right? Yeah, that's right. And they they brought the characters to life. I mean, that's just the way to put it. Like you said, they they were concerned about how they would act for real because they weren't just puppets. They were Muppets, which is something different. And it's yes. they they are alive. I mean, that's that's just the way you can Yeah. It's just the way to look at it.
2: Yeah, they just I, I it hurts my brain. <laughs> to think about it any other way when I'm watching it, I'm like yeah. this is this is a creature I'm watching it's alive <laughs> right.
0: Kermit is a real actor he's on the red carpet <laughs> yeah. sometimes just, yeah you know. I just
2: it honestly like, I have to think about it like okay it, yep sorry <laughs> it's the illusion has not been shattered for me I've seen back I've seen the behind the scenes I've seen how they do it I don't care nope,
0: <laughs> it's, still, it's,
1: it's still its own world yeah
0: it's mesmerizing watching it happen because there when we went to that to that um that exhibit about jim henson there was a clip of a, of a video where he was just kind of carrying kermit along and it just you know obviously it's a puppet so it's just kind of laying there doing nothing and then he puts his hand in kermit's now alive there right, is yeah. it's incredible watching that transition yeah. because it goes from well that's obviously just a prop it's a puppet to this thing is now alive and, now and it is a real person yeah it's, or a
2: real frog i guess yeah right
0: right <laughs> it, it's 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 amazing and they were all so good at that.
2: Yeah. I remember when we did go to that we did go to that exhibit and just as we were walking about to go in, there was a little boy ran had been walking by with his parents had run run out of the exhibit and he mm-hmm. said, "Mom, the Muppets are in there." Oh. And he was you know he was all excited and stuff. And I, I just I thought that was so sweet, you know because yeah. it's like here we are, we're in 2020. And this is, like we said, over 40 years old, this show is at least, and the Mupp- yeah. some of those Muppets are even older than that. And you're just like, you know, I, th- they still love it. The kids still want this. This mm-hmm. is, And not even just kids, obviously. Adults, too. Yeah. And it's just something that's so, I just thought it was amazing, somebody who is so young... You know, who's probably only, you know, hasn't been alive for like not even 10 years yet. Yeah. You know, knows who these characters are and loves them enough to be excited about seeing them. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I just I, it was just so, it, it showed how endearing and how enduring this is.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Timeless. Yeah. Absolutely timeless.
2: Absolutely.
0: It is fantastic. Can't wait to see what's next. And if anyone working at Disney Plus is listening, put... The Muppet Show on Disney Plus. Thank you. Yeah.
1: <laughs> that, <laughs> Come on. Yes.
0: Do it already. That will be a case closed. Heck yeah, everybody. All right. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you. We appreciate everyone listening to this show. if you want to check out the rest of our show blackcasediaries.com easy peasy lemon squeezy (laughs) it's there it's everywhere (laughs) but if then follow us on twitter and all that stuff too instagram you got it and then maybe leave us a review on itunes that would really really help us out you don't even have to like
1: write anything write a huge
0: (laughs) one just like hey your show's great post like (laughs) piece of cake right (laughs) We would appreciate it very much. And if you also would go check out our Patreon, we've got some extra special goodies over there, some more BCD if you just can't get enough. Anyway.
2: Anyway, Thanks again
0: for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.